Well, hello there. This is Evangelist Timothy Gruber here at the Word of the King. Holiness Bibles for the Blind. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 tells us that where the Word of the King is, there is power. We may say unto him, What doest thou? Jesus, it's that time. For Lord, you to now, Lord, be to watch over me, Lord, and to help, Lord, to use me, Lord, and to help me to preach, Lord, like as if it may be my last time. We also ask you, Lord, to help those that are going to listen. To help them to listen as though it may be their last time to listen, Lord, because it very well could be their last time to listen, Lord. Because, Lord, you could come back at any moment. So, Lord, we ask you to touch now. Touch this message, Lord, as we get ready into part five of a series that you've asked us to do. We ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, Tim, as we ask you to get your leaves ready, at Genesis chapter 17 tonight, as we get ready for part five, we're going to get right back to our traditional little song that kind of leads us into this, that we've been using as a theme, Carrie Underwood, and Jesus take the wheel. We'll have you get ready with your leaves at Genesis chapter, 15, uh, Genesis chapter 17, but we're going to first get into our theme song here. Carrie Underwood and Jesus take the wheel. She was driving last Friday on her way to Cincinnati on a snow white Christmas Eve. Going home to see her mama and her daddy with the baby in the backseat. Fifty miles to go and she was running low on faith and gasoline. It'd been a long, hard year. She had a lot on her mind and she didn't pay attention. She was going away too fast. Before she knew it, she was spinning on a thin black sheet of glass. She saw both her lives flash before her eyes. Didn't even have time to cry She was so scared She threw her hands up in the air Jesus, take the wheel Take it from my hands Cause I can't do this all my own I'm letting go Give me one more chance To the 
Take us to our scripture, Genesis chapter 17. Go ahead and read the whole chapter, and then we'll get into Abraham, the life of Abraham, Jesus take the wheel, and part five. When Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou. I will make my covenant between me and thee will multiply thee exceedingly. Abram opened his face, God talked, saying, To me, behold, my covenant is with thee. Thou shalt be a father of many nations. Shall shall thy name any more be called Abram? Thy name shall be Abraham. A father of many nations, if I may. I will make thee exceeding fruitful. I will make nations of thee. Kings shall come out of thee. I will establish my covenant between thee and thee, and thy seed after thee, and there generations for an everlasting covenant. Be God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land catered for everlasting possession. I will be their God. God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after me in their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep in me, you and thy seed after me. Every man shall among you shall be circumcised. You shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin. 
there should be a token of the covenant between twixt me and you. Even as eight days old should be circumcised among you, every man child of your generations. Even as born in the house are bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed. Even as born in thy house, even as bought with thy money, must needs be circumcised. My covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. The uncircumcised man child whose flesh is forced is not circumcised, so shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. God said unto Abraham, Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Shall her name be. I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. And Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, So a child be born to him that is an hundred years old? So Sarah that is ninety years old bear? Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee son indeed. Thou shalt call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. All princes shall he beget. I will make him a great nation. My covenant will I establish with Isaac. Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. He left off talking to him, and God went up from Abraham. Abraham took Ishmael the son of all that were born in his house, and all that were bought with his money, and remained among the men of Abraham's house, circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the selfsame day, as God said unto them. Abraham was ninety years old and nigh, he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael his son was thirteen years old, he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. Self-same day was Abraham circumcised and Ishmael and his son. And all the men of his house, born in the house, bought with money and strength, were circumcised with him. Woo-wee. <clears throat> now, now we find what I was kind of referring to in our last episode, part four of the life of Abraham, Jesus take the wheel. When I referred to both children being, now notice the key words, blessed. But the thing is, only one could get the goodies, the goodies. In this case, the inheritance. Now, the, as we know, there's always been a fight between the Arab nation and the children of Israel. Now, as I pointed out, the Arab nation, as we're going to find out now, of course, that's not here in this chapter. We're going to point it out, though, there is a part of it we can point out here, but later we're going to point it out 
later a good reason why the Arab nation, a part of it has to do with the inheritance. At least they say that's what the reason is. But every Arab person, if they really look deep, that's not the real reason. We're going to get to the root, the root of the trouble. The real root of the trouble has nothing to do with the inheritance. If they're honest about it, they know that right here in this chapter, Abraham was told by God, see, we don't have to go anywhere else. Old Testament, Abraham, right here, black and white, we're going to play jury, okay? We're going to play jury. The judge and the lawyers were standing up there, okay? Chapter 17. Abram was told by God himself, said, you're going to have two children. You already had the one, Isaac. He's going to be a blessed nation. As for Isaac, I have heard thee, and he is going to be a blessed nation. He is going to be, and he's going to have 12 princes. He is going to be a blessed nation and have 12 princes. It's plain as the nose on anybody's face, he is blessed. Sorry, Jewish people, but right there it's black and white. But it does not say he is going to get the covenant promise, the land does not say he's going to get the inheritance. Now, if a daddy has a house and a car and the, and the boat and, the, and, and, and a million dollars, and he decides to write in his will that only one of ten children is going to get it, and that will is ironclad, before he dies... Now, I don't care if all the children want to descend like vultures. If that will is ironclad, whether it's the firstborn or the last child or the one in the middle, the one who is chosen is the one who is going to get the goodies. And right here in this chapter, it said that the one who was going to be born of Abraham's loins through Sarah, who would be named Isaac, was going to get the goodies. The title deed was written by God in stone, handed to Abraham and said, Isaac would get the land. And the covenant promise of whom the Messiah would come through. Black and white. If I'm a jury member, I'm sorry. I have to go with the evidence. But if I'm also a jury member, I have to look at the evidence and say, sorry, but <laughs> the other children of Abraham, as it says here, Ishmael, was supposed to be a blessed nation and have 12 princes. It says that. 
I can't change that. It said he would be a blessed nation. It says it. I can't change that. It just said he would not be the covenant nation. That's so uh, it goes like this. Just because the Arab nation did not get the land. uh, Sorry, boys. You may say that's your real reason, but uh, why don't you dig deep and tell the truth? We're going to expose the real truth as we go through this series. The real truth is how your mama was spurned. has nothing to do with land. It was how your mama was treated. And your first father, Ishmael, was treated. And we're going to prove it from Scripture. It's how daddy treated his second wife, Hagar, which was your mama, Ishmael's mama, it's how Ishmael's mama, Hagar, was treated, who was Abraham's second wife. It's how she was treated. Sorry, Arab nation, why don't you tell the truth? All right. Now, we find here the beginning of the circumcision, sign of circumcision. Which gives us a clue as to something else. Tim, how old was Ishmael when Abraham was told to circumcise circumcise himself and the rest of his household? I believe Ishmael was 13. Now, Tim, when you were 13 year old... Were you, did you have enough of a brain in your head to know what was going on around you? Yeah. Uh, I want us to keep that in our heads. 13-year-old boy. We're not talking about a 2-year-old kid, okay? Because here's something interesting. When I first read the story of Hagar... Abraham and Ishmael, I'm I'm sorry to say this, when I first read this story several times through Bible study, I always thought when finally the last time that Hagar left, I thought Ishmael was this little kid. And you'll see why that most people get that concept. Okay? But no. We're already seeing a teenage boy. I want us to keep that in mind as we go through the story. We're not talking about a very young boy. We're talking about a teenager now. Abraham is now 99 years old. Ishmael is 13. Let's keep the ages in our head as we go through the story. Sarah is well into menopause. She's already not able to have any kids, but God says, "Uh, Sarah, you're going to have some kids. (laughs) 
she's already ready to laugh. Abraham's busting a gut already. Okay. So, thus, in chapter 17, we find the circumcision promise. We already found in chapter, at the end of chapter 16, as you know, God walked through in a figurative sense because uh, remember the uh, when God was in the fiery in, in the uh, burning bush remember when he was in the pillar of fire between the Israelites and the um, Egyptians in the fiery furnace when he stood when he followed the uh, the Israelites in the tabernacle he was on, as a pillar of fire on the tabernacle well, see, God was in a pillar of fire many times. Thus, God, in a symbol, walked. Notice I say walked. Once again, I'm just going back to that point that we had the other night the, uh, the, in the previous episode. He, sim- in a symbolic way, walked, even though he didn't have feet. He went through the pieces to seal that blood covenant. With Abraham, and now he tells Abraham in this chapter, he says, I am going to make that covenant not just with you, but here is finally, he has to get Abraham's head screwed on. It's not through Ishmael, it's not through your son Hagar, who you thought, it wasn't who you and Sarah cooked up. It's going to be Sarah's child. It's going to be a miracle child that Sarah is going to birth way past the age. But you notice once again, God never once said uh, adultery or fornication because Abraham took Hagar as his second wife. Not one word about it. Not one peep out of God. God isn't gone silent on Abraham and says, Abraham, well, because you, you've got a second wife, you're in sin. Not one word about it. <laughs> Wonder what the churches do with that. <laughs> they sure, oh, well, they say, well, he was in because he didn't have faith. They didn't say that either. It says he believed God and it was counted him for righteousness. Well, boys, you better read your Bible. Oh, amen. All right. Now let's go into Genesis chapter 18, Tim. Okay, Genesis 18, and the Lord appeared unto him in the plain of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. He looked up his eyes and looked, and looked, and three men stood by him. When he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door, bowed himself toward the ground, said, My Lord, if thou I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched. Wash your feet and you rest yourselves under the tree. I will fetch you a morsel of bread and comfort you your hearts. And that ye shall pass the horn. Therefore ye come to your servant. They said, So do as thou hast said. Abraham hastened into the tent with Sarah and said, Make ready quickly. We are just a fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf, tender and good, and gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it. He took butter. 
بدی Honest Bible study usually helps. <laughs> Good honest Bible study usually is a big help. 
especially when you're watching a lot of even these so-called Christian programs. There's this movie they got out called Noah's Ark. They got Noah and Lot skipping down the street. And then, lo and behold, who communes with God about the ten righteous people in the city of Sodom but Noah? (laughs) Yeah! And what's worse is he's supposed to be standing in the middle of a lava flow on the side of a mountain? Uh, Tim, did you see that in this text? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if that's what they found in this text, I'd like to know where they found it. <laughs> I don't think so. I find it's Abraham communing with God, and that it originally it was three men. Two of them were the angels, and the last one remaining was God himself, who stood behind to talk with, Abraham. But what's interesting is before the two angels left to go on their way to Sodom and Gomorrah, they take and eat with Abraham what he had prepared, and they talk to Abraham about Sarah's upcoming child, Isaac. Now, of course, here she is in the tent where a good wife would be. And, of course, that's what some men think, that that's all a woman's job is, is to be in the kitchen. But that back in that day and age, that's what she would do, is she would be in the tent preparing the food and taking care of things. Now, I'm not saying that a woman shouldn't be a career woman. I'm just saying that most women that... At least the Bible says they're to be a keeper of the home. Okay? That's what the Bible says. That she's supposed to be a keeper of that home. She's supposed to keep that home. She's supposed to take care of it. That's her job. That's supposed to be her primary job. Is to take care of that house. Maintain it. Take care of things in it. She's supposed to be the manager, CEO of that home. And that's what we find Sarah doing here. And so she's over there. Abraham comes in, asks her to make a meal for these people, these angels and God. She makes it. And then they're over there talking, and she's in the tent. She overhears, kind of eavesdropping, if you will. And lo and behold, when she hears this, she knows she's in menopause. She knows it. She knows she's long past the age of having any kind of children and she goes now back in that day and age when a woman got past menopause it was like well so sorry charlie uh uh you might as well forget even doing anything sexually it was like it was taboo it was not kosher you wouldn't even mess with your wife after that age i'm sorry ruth but that that it was never considered okay Uh, that was the culture when you read this story that it goes to show that Okay, that's why. And so here, that's why she started laughing. It's like, should I have pleasure at my age? Meaning, wait a minute, this ain't even a tradition. So, because that was not normal. But Abraham was like, okay, if this is what I'm supposed to do, I better just go about doing it. 
And so he goes in to his wife, Sarah, and it happens. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> yeah, I would too. <laughs> uh, here she goes and has a uh, real fun time with her hubby. And <clears throat> yeah, um, and so she had laughed in the tent's door. She's having a gut laugh that Abraham already did have when he first was told himself in private. She has a gut laugh and laughs about it and says, yeah, right, I'm going to have this good time with my hubby. And, but that's why she said, I'm going to be laughing that now later others are going to laugh with me is later what she finds out when she has the child. So thus ends what we're going to end here, part five of Abra the life of Abraham. Jesus take the wheel. And we will pick up in chapter 19 of Genesis on our next time. Oh, we're told, but as many as are the works of the law are under the curse. For cursed be everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. We're told in the book of Galatians. Oh, but here it is. But God committed his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, shall cleanse you from all sin, for if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Menial, mortal, sin, whatever you call it, all unrighteousness, God is faithful to forgive those who confess their sins to him through faith in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection alone, for by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, Call upon the Lord today. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. Till next time, God bless you and yours.